Good evening and welcome to the next edition of the Ellingman Ringwood podcast. My name is Mark Johnson, I'm the Director of Rugby at the club and I have three guests here this evening which I'm very, very happy to join me because the theme this evening will be to talk about moving through minis and juniors at the club and representing the club and seniors and all three of my guests have done that with uh, great distinction. So tonight I have Charlotte Benson, Louis Harling and Duncan Soden. And uh, if you guys could introduce yourself, um, starting with Charlotte, that'd be great. Um, yeah, my name's Charlotte Benson. Um, I've been involved in the club all my life. Started off um, in a pushchair uh, next to the pitch with the men's games. Um, I then started playing when I was about five. Um, as Mark said, I played mini rugby. Um, then I started girls rugby at about um, 12, um, had a season doing both. Um, and then I went on to play for the ladies um, before retiring two years ago. Brilliant. And Louis? Uh, yeah, so I started playing for the minis at under sevens and then progressed through all the way through the age groups, through to Colts and then on to the men's team now. And last but not least, Duncan Soden. Yeah, I think I've been part of the club for about 26 odd years. I think I started around yeah under sevens, under sixes around that time. And then I went into the Colts and then, yeah, worked my way through to the men's team and had a bit of a sabbatical or whatever you want to call it and then uh, come back quite recently yeah so yeah been quite involved for quite a few years we'll be looking forward to talking about that so to stay with Duncan for a minute can you um can you recall your earliest memory at yeah. the club yeah no I can yeah so when when I was uh young so sort of I say under sixes under sevens around that time it, it, the training was at um Panama Junior School I think you still have some of affiliation with Panama Junior School but we do um yeah no I uh I think I was taken along with uh what one of my best mates Jamie Dougal he was he was going down there with his mum and um I think Jock McMaster and Eric Champion were the were the um coaches at the time and yeah I think I was at a bit of a loose end at home and his mum had picked up on that and she said look I think I should take your boy down to the local rugby club and Bloody hell, it hit off and I loved it ever since, really. Went every Saturday and here I am now, talking to you. Well, there's a coincidence. The first coach I coached with was Eric Champion. Yeah. And uh, Louis Harling, you uh, you had Eric Champion as a coach back in the day, didn't you? Yeah, I was about to say, my first memory was at Powder Infant School mm. uh, with Eric. I didn't think I even knew I was playing rugby. I just remember the games we were playing and stuck in the mud, that kind of stuff. But yeah, you always made the training sessions really fun, to be fair. And how about you, Charlotte? What's your first memory? Very similar to, uh, to the other guys. Um, down at Powner as well. Um, I think I started a year early because I was always obviously on the sideline with uh, my brother Henry, who's three years older than me. So I played a year up in my first year. Um, and Steve Evans was the coach who I think was the chairman for a little while, um, but he now lives out in Adelaide in Australia. Um, yeah, and just loved it. Um, as Louis says, lots of fun games and things like that. So, uh, yeah. Okay, and as you guys progress through the, through the club, um, I have noticed, I meant to pop down, but I haven't, I haven't got the picture with me, but all three of you 
appear on quite a few of those boards on the walls of the clubhouse. <laughs> so can you remember uh, what you're up there for, Charlotte? I got um, the mini player of the year, um, which is it's either Fred Taylor or someone Walker Award. I can't quite remember. Bad, bad knowledge, bad ring of knowledge. Um, but yeah, I got that when I was in under 12. So my final um, season as a mini while I was still playing um, for the boys, but actually was playing for the girls as well. So I had lots and lots of games. So it was a good season. Yeah. And Louis, I know you're on the boards more recently, I think. Yeah, um, I can't remember the name of one of them. But the first one was the Colts award I got given in my final year of Colts. And then in my first year as the seniors, I got the Dick Birch Award. So that was the full scholarship for the first year of playing. So yeah, yeah that was I'm really pretty good. sure, Duncan, you got the Dickie Birch. Yeah. Years, yeah, I've got that. I'm on the yeah, Dick Birch scholarship, which is good. I think that was... But yeah, I'm on that, which is great. Same as what Louis says, a scholarship, and I actually knew Dick quite well because I think he he got quite involved with us when we were younger. And then as you sort of progressed into the cults and stuff, he was quite an outstanding character. So that was quite a nice um, award to, to get. And then. Um, I'm on there for the. I was the first team captain for a couple of years. Can't remember the dates. It was, but yeah, it was. That's quite an amazing one because obviously there's a few legends on that board. So very proud yeah. to say that I've captained the, the club. So yeah, and the fine captain you were, may I say? Because uh, I believe I played under you when you were the captain. Oh so. right, yeah, yeah, that was when you. You were still going, Jesus. Yeah, a few years older, but uh, happy to have a young man captain. So, um, a few thoughts, perhaps, for the younger players in the club as to uh, you know what it means to get one of those awards. Charlotte, can you uh, give your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, it was a real honour at the time. Well, and it still is now, to be honest. Um, the fact that it's always going to be up there, um, and I've had kind of pupils that now play for the club that I teach of. And I said, oh, Miss Benson, you're on, you're on the board and stuff. And um, yeah, I think where it is such a family club, um, it's, yeah, just a real privilege to, to have been given that award um, and then stay on to play for the club as well as, as an adult was, um, yeah, really, really fab. And um, Louis, despite, I mean, despite, apart from winning those awards, you've also, you know, gone on, sort of and won awards beyond the club as it were or certainly uh um achievements beyond the club in the form of Hampshire so could you uh talk us through that yeah so I had a I kind of through the age group had a few trials didn't do very well until I hit about 17 I think or 16 maybe and then got into Hampshire under 17s played a few times for them out on the wing uh, scored on my debut actually still my greatest achievement for them but uh, yeah and then um, continued on through to under 20s and then yeah playing against teams like Dorset Surrey uh, Middlesex as well yeah progressed through to under 20s as I said and then that was actually the last game I played was against Dorset and Wilts last year before the pandemic hit and then sadly 
obviously they stopped the programme at that point. But yeah, it was a really great experience. And to get it through the club and, meant a lot um, as well. And how do your teammates treat you for uh, getting that, you know, um, the privilege of playing county? Uh, non-stop stick, to be honest. They just ripped me to pieces every what single your, week. Uh, if I recall, what was your uh, nickname yeah. in the Colts when he came back from uh, from county? Uh, I think it was something like, ooh, county player, ooh, sorry. <laughs> something like that. Pretty much every single week, but yeah. So it'd be fair it, to know. say that the, uh, the club kept you grounded then. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And uh, Duncan, you alluded to it earlier. Um, your sabbatical from the club was a little more than a sabbatical, I believe. You uh, you got a chance to follow your dreams and um, and go beyond the club. Can you talk us about that? Yeah, I mean, I um, obviously I, I I'm I absolutely live and breathe the rugby club I mean it, having kids and stuff does make it a bit more difficult but yeah I mean I my, my sort of senior rugby I, I didn't really know much different than playing for Ellingham and um, I, I, you know without blowing my own trumpet I went from sort of playing Colts and, and sort of getting into the first team was quite quick you know and, and Ellingham were I think we were in Hampshire we were obviously in Hampshire one at the time and um we were playing at Picket Post, and yeah, I was. I think me and like Josh Beavis and Ollie Grant was involved as well, and Henry was Henry Benson was a young lad. He was involved. I don't know if he was playing as much, but he's definitely there on the on the sidelines. And then obviously he's progressed and done what he's done. Um, but yeah, no, fantastic playing for the first team, and we we got promoted, and that was amazing. And then um, we obviously went over to Parshes Barn Lane and. Carrying on playing and yeah, was quite a, a, a sort of common figure in the team playing second row, um, and absolutely loving rugby and literally learnt all my core skills in Ringwood. Um, and yeah, I think I, I got to a position where I was very confident on the pitch, and a few things naturally changed at Ellingham, and that was no disrespect to anybody, but I was sort of getting to an age where I was probably going to have to do something or, or just carry on playing local rugby. And um, I just fancied a bit of a change, really. I've, I've had a few other personal things going on in my life, and I just, I just fancied a bit of a change to try and test myself. So yeah, I, um, I took it upon myself to go over to Bournemouth Rugby Club, and um, I think I spent about two and a half seasons there, probably, and got straight in their team. And yeah, absolutely loved it. Me being me, got some pretty horrific injuries, but I, I held my own and felt quite comfortable in the in the in the league and then I ended up getting called in to play for Hampshire senior team and played against the Royal Navy in Portsmouth which was another highlight and then that fizzled out and got my family together and come back to Ellingham and loving life. And um Charlotte, I know you've um not always been in Ringwood, you've done uh, other things as well. Yeah, um, I went off to uni in Cardiff. Um, it was called UIC when I got there, but it changed to Cardiff Met um, in my second year. Um, yeah, and I played up there. We played in the Welsh Premiership, um, which was a really good experience, kind of going from under-18s girls rugby um, to playing females um, of quite a bigger size. It was a, a bit of a shock to the system, but absolutely loved it and learnt loads. Um, and we played in the Bucks Premier League 
um, and got to the Bucks final at Twickenham, which was, yeah, an amazing experience and one I'll hold um, and cherish for, for the rest of my life. It was brilliant. Um, and we won, won the final in my first and third year. Um, unfortunately, like Duncan, I've been absolutely plagued with injuries throughout my time playing. Um, so I was injured in my second year. Um, the girls got to the final, but they didn't quite win. So I can say that, um, yeah, won the Bucks final in my first and third year with um, Ewick. So, yeah, some really, really good experiences. And obviously, um, Louis, you're at Bath Uni now, but you get back and play when you can. Um, so what I kind of want to understand from, from you guys is, you know, you've all been away, you've all come back. You know, what is it that brings people back to this club? Louis, perhaps you could... Uh, Tell us your thoughts. Yeah, I think it's just such a big part of the community for me, especially. You know, if I think of Ringwood, I think of the rugby club. You know, having grown up with it, always having made some of my best mates through playing in minis and going through there. Um, yeah, it's just a massive part of my life at home. And I think no matter what happens, I'll always try and get a game for Ringwood because. You know, it just you walk in and you just know you're kind of at home. You know all the players. You see them around town during the week and stuff like that. And it's just, yeah, it's just the centre of the community, to be honest. It's good to hear. Um, and Duncan? Yeah. Obviously, you know, went away, came back. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, 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 say I, I, I think my whole life as a tapestry, the Ellingham Rugby Club is, is probably one of if not the biggest parts of my life not necessarily from a rugby point of view it's, it's to do with the people I've met and even progressing as a as a human being like it just it just marks you out as like you know your core values and and who you are as a person and I, I have a debt to I don't want to just generalize rugby it's the club it's the people I've met and and obviously going forward with work you know the people I've met through work and same with my brother he's very similar to me in that sense but I, I, I could not live in the same town and not be a part of Ellingham Rugby Club and the things that it's brought to me, the fond memories, and it's a bit of a safe place, really. I know we all get a bit loud and airy at times, never not, like laugh, but now I've got children and I reflect on my life, I, I, I really want my kids to be a part of it and hopefully they all have a fond sort of place in their hearts for the club because it, it's definitely unique in that sense. And I've had... I have played at Bournemouth. I've played. A, I've played abroad br briefly, but I'm, you know, no disrespect to those clubs I've played for, but they don't have a mark on the social and the comfort that the club can give you as a person. It's it's amazing, really. That was very good to hear as a director of rugby. Um, so I'm going to rewind a bit and then go to Charlotte. Um, it's a very this is a very hot topic at the moment as well because particularly because of COVID and uh, many Colts players both boys and girls have obviously missed pretty much two seasons of rugby and I'm of the opinion that one of the biggest steps you make in rugby is that transition from junior to senior um, and Charlotte in your case you you transitioned into playing for you know, what was a very successful or has remained a very successful women's side. You, in fact, play with some quite big stars of the game now. Um, could you talk a bit about 
how it was for you going from juniors into seniors? Um, yeah, no, absolutely. So um, it is a big step. Um, while I played my under-18 rugby um, with the likes of the Cleo Twins, um, Lisa Coburn, who's now playing for Scotland, and um, loads of other girls that are playing kind of championship rugby now, um, that obviously the pool of girls you play with is a lot smaller and that step up to women's rugby um, does seem big um, but at the same time when you've played against and with that caliber of player actually when you step up um, the women are just bigger I'm sure it's exactly the same in, in men's rugby they are bigger but as a kind of a young girl um, you're a bit quicker I certainly was back then as an 18 year old I was a lot quicker than I am now um, so I'd say it's a big step up, but I mean, I can only talk about Ellingham. Um, as we've all said, it's such a friendly club. Um, so we do kind of, obviously not contact, but we have um, we mix with the under 18s and things, do a few warm ups and stuff like that. So just to make the gap um, less, but as you say, where we've had COVID, I think um, that will, will have been missed, but I'm sure there'll be plenty of social opportunities in the summer, obviously, um, they mentioned in the previous podcast podcasts about the um, fitness day we did. We did a kind of girls and women's fitness day um, just for the girls to really get to know mm -hmm. the women's players um, and vice versa. So when they do come to make that transition, um, hopefully it's people that they all know um, as opposed to coming into a, a, a completely new team. Um, and that was certainly the case for me. I think um, at the time, uh, Vicky Mitchell was still playing uh, for the club Um and she was actually my coach as um, a mini. So um, that's kind of like a, a friendly face. And I think that makes a real difference when you um, know a few of the players and then all of a sudden you're integrated, um, have a few socials and stuff like that, um, have a bit of fun and everyone kind of gets to know each other anyway. So while it is, it seemed like a big step up, um, it was one that was actually really seamless and, and good fun. And Louis, can you... Uh... It's not that long ago for you. Can you recall the uh, the transition? Yeah. So, as Charlotte said, I think I saw it as kind of a massive step up and thought it was going to be almost a lot harder than it was, in a way. I was playing Colts at the time, and it, they weren't big players, but it was kind of a very fast-paced game because there weren't as big a collisions and stuff like that. Kind of going up through the threes and then obviously into the ones. There obviously is a step up, but it's more a step up in kind of size and the collisions that happen rather than an overall skill level step, step up. And I think it, it is kind of a smooth transition. You know, you progress from the threes into the twos when you're ready and then you progress from the twos into the ones if when you're ready as well. And uh, But yeah, I think I saw it as a lot bigger than it was in a way. You raise an interesting point there, actually, because um, I often hear concerns, particularly when I go on... Um, sort of county RFU calls or multi-club calls and there's always concerns around that clubs basically push push their youth too fast into the senior sides and promote them too quickly and play them in the ones because they're short when, they sh when they're not ready and all this kind of stuff. Uh, what are your thoughts about that at Ellingham? I wouldn't say that's true at all, really. I mean... I think I got the right amount of experience with the threes and 
in my first year at Colts and then kind of progressed into the twos. I had a few games there. But I mean, I know people that made it to the twos and then kind of thought, no, I'm at a decent level here. I'm happy playing here. And then they didn't have gone further until they were ready. You definitely not pushed through at all. It's your decision at the end of the day when you want to progress. And then sometimes if you want to progress and the coach says you're not ready, then it doesn't happen either. So it definitely put the individual players' welfare first rather than just, oh, we need players, we'll put them in. Good. It's good to hear. And uh, Duncan, obviously, um, this has become more of a focus, I guess, since the time when you transitioned from juniors to seniors. But I'd still be very interested to hear how it was a few years back. Yeah, it was... Well, we had quite a, like a, a good handful of Colts players, myself included, and we. I think our age group actually, yeah, we're obviously being Colts, you mix with different age groups, and we were clearly the sort of bigger players. And I, forgive me if I've got the the name the the names the ages wrong. It's like Colts in the sixteen to nineteen, maybe I don't know. Um, it was sixteen to nineteen. Yeah, it changed a few years back to yeah. just be. Um, under 17s and under 18s. Yeah, so even at sort of 16, 17, I was I was quite a big bloke anyway. And then um, I think it was myself and Buffy who who plays um, now and again for us. And he um, we we were quite pally with a few of the with the second team guys like Vernon Young and um, Scary was playing for him then. Just them being around the club anyway, and they said, "You boys fancy playing with us on a Saturday?" And they sort of approached us as in, like, do you fancy it rather than, like, you're playing? And then um, we were like, bloody hell, yeah, go for it. And I think we were playing sort of men's rugby on a Saturday and then Colts on a Sunday, which obviously might be a bit frowned upon now, but back then we did it. And then, um, yeah, within a few weeks, we uh, got stuck into the training, which was which was then still at Pounder which was Tuesday and Thursday nights. And then we met like Bino, Robbie Mitchell, you know, Pete Corlett, those sort of people. And then um, I think, yeah, a couple of training sessions, I think we sort of made ourselves notice because we were a bit quicker, you know, not saying we were fitter, but we were younger. And then they would just pat you on the back and say, you're, you're, you're on the bench for the ones or you're starting for the ones this week. And you're just like, what the hell? What the hell? Because, you know, even though you feel like you're, you can give it your all. You're still, you know, you're both playing with my old school teacher, Mr. Padfield and people like that. And you just think, how am I sharing a field with this bloke? But as soon as you get a couple of games at that level under your belt, you, you feel quite comfortable. And then you obviously get that respect from the, from the team and then you start socializing and then you, then you just, then you get a bit addicted to it. And you're like, yeah, I want it. I want it. So it was, um, it was daunting, natural butterflies in the stomach, like, watching everyone go out and you're thinking, oh, I might be getting a my shot in a bit. And then as soon as you get a couple of games under your belt, you're, you're laughing, really, I think. And when I watch people like Louis, oh, I've been on a pitch of Louis and he, when he first started, and it's quite amazing, really, because you think, you know, he's a young lad and he, he looks so comfortable on the pitch. It's not really something I would say, if anyone's listening and worried about getting into men's rugby and they're at that age, I'd say go for it because you've got, you know, especially now, you'll be looked after a lot more. Yeah, I can definitely vouch. As a coach, the biggest issue I have is holding uh, holding the youngsters back because they're 18 and I dare say I was probably the same, although I can hardly remember when I was 18. But at 18, you think you're invincible. Mm. So you, I mean, and you can 
um, at least for a short time, play on a Saturday and a Sunday, but mm. can't you can't feel or see the damage that does in the long run. So I've got I've got a few memories of you dragging me off the pitch on a Saturday because you said we've got a cup game on the Sunday, Mark. <laughs> I'm sure I didn't drag you off the pitch. I'm sure I just pointed out that you were only allowed to play once over the weekend, Louis. I think that's what you're trying to say, right? Yeah. Mm, I specifically remember you even getting a physio involved at one point oh. saying that I had to that's come off the pitch. because I knew you'd listen to the physio and I knew you wouldn't listen to me. <laughs> so, uh, yes, thanks for that, Louis. Um, so as you've like as you've lightened the note, um, let's uh, let's switch to um, to some other memories. So Charlotte, tell us um, who's the funniest player at the club you ever played with. Oh, that's a oh, that's actually an easy question. Now I think about it, um, the funniest player, and she's been funny since we were under. I think it was under 14s back in the day. It used to be under 12, 13 and 14. So three years, year groups of players won in girls. And then um, under 15, 16, 17s of players won. And I've got fond memories of um, being in the back of my dad's people carrier with about um, five of us, people in the back seat and stuff, singing um, our hearts out with Abby Guy, um, Bernie Guy's granddaughter, um, who is a fantastic singer but also her uh, sense of humor um is probably even better so uh yeah very fond memories of playing with her as kind of um in girls rugby and uh she actually she stopped playing at the end of girls rugby um but came back probably three four seasons ago um which was yeah amazing um so yeah playing with her for the ladies it's probably some stories i could tell but maybe not on this podcast <laughs> yeah. but, um yeah, we are. <laughs> the uh, sense of humour definitely runs in the Guy family. Um, so, yeah, very, very fun memory. Excellent. And uh, Duncan, how about you? I dread to think. Who's, who's the funniest player you ever played with? Sure, I can think of a few candidates. There's, uh, yeah, there's, there's tons, but I mean, I don't want to be one of these people to go, I can have two, but uh, me, me and Beavis were like Beavis and Butthead years ago. Like, we used to do some really weird stuff. Like hilarious for everyone, but I think they were laughing at us more than anything. But the person that used to really double me up was um, he used to be our captain. He lives in Australia now, Ross Whale. Um, oh, yeah. he, I don't know what it was about him. He was just dry as a bone. Like even if we were like losing or winning a game, he'd just run past me and just say some just absolute random stuff. He'd be like, "You're not up for it today, are you?" And then just run away. And it, he just knew that that would like get me so fired up, and then he'd just be cracking up like at the bottom of a ruck. He'd just see me, and he'd be like, "Your your shit or something." Oh, sorry, language. Um, but um, and then we'd do this stupid thing like after a game, and like do like a post match interview with a Magnus bottle. And I won't tell you what the, what the Magnus bottle was been up to, but it was just hilarious. And like, yeah, he's got to be there, but it was hilarious. I had a feeling Josh Beavers might be. Uh... Somewhere in that story. Yeah. And Louis, what about you? He's he's the funniest of, uh, well, not necessarily your crew when you're a junior, but the, uh, including, play with most of the seniors now, so. I'd say one of the funniest off the pitch Mm. is probably Charlie Corellis, because just the stuff that that boy does is insane. (laughs) 
I didn't know that was humanly possible to do the things he does, but yeah, that was he's pretty funny. I've got quite a lot of funny memories on the pitch from juniors of not really on purpose funny, just I remember we had a guy who played flanker for oh, us yeah. called Kyle. And I said, Kyle, cool. just make sure you wipe out the fly half. Because I can't remember who we were playing, but he was a really good fly half. And I was like, just take up from the scrum, just take him out, put in a hit. And the whistle went for the scrum, like, because it collapsed or something. And Kyle just ran flat out at the fly half after the whistle got Absolutely nailed him, wiped him to the floor. And uh, Kyle was like, Louis, I'll do all right, I'll do all right. I was like, yeah, Kyle, but I meant in game, like during the play. He got sent off straight away. But yeah, that was pretty funny. Oh, dear. That's amusing. So, um, well, that actually leads on to, uh, come on, let's have some more stories. Charlotte, come on, funniest, funniest in-game incident you can uh, recall, or training paddock incident. Um, the funniest one, um, <laughs> I don't know if I can tell this one. Um, I won't say her name, but she is now playing in the Premiership. Um she, I think she might have been, you've got to remember, women's rugby is played on a Sunday. Um, and sometimes we obviously have a few beers on a Saturday after the men's game. And uh, this player was um, probably feeling not so well as she should. Um, and I can't remember if she was in a ruck or a scrum. She certainly had to go into the scrum after it happened. Um, and she actually went to the toilet on the pitch and not um just for a um a week but actually something else um i won't mention her name because she might kill me uh, but i can say she's playing in the premiership now um i think she ran off got a new pair of shorts came back on um but the poor players that were in the scrum with her um did not not appreciate it one bit so yeah that's pretty funny <laughs> Yes, yes, a certain definition of funny. Duncan, can you beat that? Um, I, the thing is, it, it's like the new day and age. It's like I'm scared to offend people, so I'm a bit frightened to uh, say any of my stories because I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of a PC one that I've uh, that I've got for you. Um, <laughs> I remember actually once. I suppose that's it. We played. We were playing Fordingbridge years and years ago. I think it was like one of the only times they'd like. Well, they started recording games like on like a real basic like video recorder, and then we had a player called Fat Ray Alan Gilbert, and um, they were like, yeah, it was real amateur filming, but they managed to catch it on camera. But um, I think we were losing. And then we needed like a try, a converted try to win or something. I can't remember now. But um, he's like, kick, yeah, pick the, the ball at the back of a the back of a mall and just take it on himself. And then we've all sort of latched on and he's he's like trundling forward where he thinks he is. And then he's seen the line and he's like, die for the line. He's gone, yes, like absolutely ballistic. We've done it. We've done it, boys. We've done it. Yes. Like slamming the ball on the ground. And the ref's like, it's the 22, mate. <laughs> it was just hilarious. Yeah. That's been done a few times. Yeah. Actually, it was a couple of seasons ago, wasn't it? Someone, uh, I can't remember who the team was, but they they uh, a kick for the corner had a line out and a driving maul on our ones pitch. Yeah. And they just 
drove us straight back over and they drove our pack straight into the advertising boards but over the dead ball line. Right. Guy, guy drops the ground and then everyone points out the referee that actually he was out of play. <laughs> it was 20, 22 dropouts welling him. <laughs> the benefit of having a tiny uh, dead ball area. Yeah. Charlotte, you triggered a thought in my mind earlier when you, you were talking about singing on the bus. So... Um, I think one of the things that is endangered in a way in rugby is is that love of playing away matches, sort of almost like a mini tour, but also the art of going on tour. So, Louis, what are your memories of uh, of tours and and bus trips away, as it were, to uh, to away games? Oh, tours are probably the main thing I remember from minis and juniors. To be fair. I remember our first tour was in to Torquay. I don't remember any of the rugby we played. I just remember the caravans. And actually, I remember your son, Mark, Teddy, getting into your Land Rover and someone managed to turn on the engine. And he, there was about 10 of us in the back of your Land Rover and he was convinced he was going to drive us down to the arcade. And we were like, yeah, go on, Teddy, go on, Teddy, you can do it. And he just stalled about 15 times in a row before you even realised. And then you came out and it didn't end too well. But... Um, and then a few years later, we went to Minehead, down to Butlins. I was on crutches at the time, but um, I just went for the laugh. And I just remember having such a good weekend. We didn't win a single game that year, but um, it was just really funny. It was just great fun with my mates and stuff. And then the year later, we went back with quite a better team, I'm not going to lie. And uh, we managed to win the overall thing. We won every single game we played. And I just remember just absolute carnage around Butlins, just... Because it was a massive tournament. The whole of Butlins was booked out for it. So it was just all rugby teams. I think we were about 14, 15. And yeah, just having a great time, to be honest. Yeah, that was a, that was a good tour. And um, Charlotte, minis tours, junior tours, seniors tours? Um, yeah, I've done some, a few of each. Um, the old mini tour to Nottingham. I don't know oh. if it happens anymore. Um but yeah, that was brilliant. You, um, I think you went up maybe Friday night. You stayed in like the uni hall, so it must have been either at like Easter or in the summer. Um, but you had all these mini rugby um, children all in these in these uni halls. Um, I think there was like a two day tournament maybe, um, and it was brilliant. And then it was all uh, riding on it was the chance to play at Twickenham um, in the final. Um, so yeah, that was great and. Just being, I think we must have been like 11 uh, when we went and did it. So, um, yeah, just completely different to anything that you've ever done as an 11-year-old going out playing rugby. I think you went to like a theme park on the Saturday or Friday night, um, bowling and stuff. So that was absolutely wicked. Um, the girls' tours, which I believe are still happening now. Um, one of the best ones, I think it was in Worcester somewhere. Um, we went up, we played a tournament on the... Sunday I think it was like a sevens or tens tournament and Wellin um stayed in the same place as us so we had quite a lot of uh, fun with the Wellin girls kind of got to know her uh, got to know them and then um played against them on the Sunday and we were all very much in tour spirit I think the Wellin girls might have even played in fancy dress and we did a big um kind of like a hucker before the game I think it's still on social media somewhere um that we kind of faced off against Wellin um and then went and played our sevens uh game which was fab and then the ladies' tours, we went to Cardiff a few years ago. Um, actually played my old university. 
um, in a game and then, yeah, went out uh, in Cardiff in the evening and, yeah, just so many stories and so many good memories from all of those. You kind of look back really fondly. Um, and the nice thing about particularly the girls' tour to the ladies' tour, it was a lot of the same people. So a lot of the girls that you'd played with at under-18s, um, we were all still playing together and went on kind of the ladies' tour. So, uh, yeah, good memories throughout the year, years. And Duncan, is there anything you can share? Yeah, I'm filtering my brain now at the minute. Um, no, I've got one. I can probably <laughs> dilute a bit. Um, yeah, no, r- rugby tours have been manic. Like, some of the ones I've been on have been absolutely bonkers, but literally, like, the best memories ever. Um, but, yeah, there was a time where me and Josh, who I'd mentioned before, he's one of my best mates and played rugby with him all my life. And he's back now, actually, which is good for the club. And, um, yeah, we took it upon ourselves because our old coach was Dino and Alan Bingham was quite highly involved as well. I don't know what it was, but we were, like, so lippy when we were younger, a bit like Louis. Like, you just, you're just up for it when you're young. And we had, like, bleach blonde hair and we were just... A pair of idiots really um so we took it upon ourselves to like just give it the big one all the time but like yeah we ain't scared of these rugby tours we've heard about and we ain't scared because all this tour virgin business like you're being young or whatever even though i'd probably been on a few tours there before anyway and um yeah we were stupid we were sending some weird cryptic text messages to them both like be careful old boys because the young lads are on tour like we're going to dominate you and all this sort of stuff and to be fair to them they played along with it and uh, yeah we went a bit over the top like the night before the tour we like sabotaged like their vans and stuff and like blocked their doorways and weird stuff like that and then brought some liquid laxative and we were sticking it in their pints on the tour bus up there and they'll say that it didn't affect them, but we were cracking up because they were literally on the toilet for like the majority of the journey. Um, and then we did other stuff like we broke into their room and we like put shaving foam in their shoes, like filled their bags up with weird stuff. I won't even tell you. And then just yeah. And then when we played the tour game, they'd um, gone into our into our change rooms, nicked our, all of our clothes. So me and Josh have finished um, the game, taken all of our gear off in the shower. And then when we've gone out of the shower, they've put these two dresses up, like women's dresses. And literally they're the only things that were available to wear. So obviously we put them on in the spirit tour. Went into the clubhouse and just got absolutely dominated by everybody. Had to do five point challenges. Like everyone was just on us. They'd all like made a pact to like destroy me and Josh. And then I think it ended up with them standing us outside of the uh, clubhouse and then they duct-taped us to the rugby posts, stripped us naked and just everyone just threw their beer on us for about an hour and a half and we were just literally just stood taped to a rugby post for about two hours. So, fond memories. <laughs> and did you learn your lesson? Well, yeah, you say you do until you go on tour and then you just, you're as worse as anyone else. But yeah, no, definitely matured. Turn into an 18-year-old again. Yeah, you know it. So, um, time is ticking on. If you, um, Charlotte, if I put you in front of, if if right now we had a whole hall full of minis and juniors and you had 
30 seconds to uh, to impart your wisdom and knowledge, what would you say to them? Just get involved, 100%. Um, I think it was Buffy shared something on Instagram yeah. the other day, Dunk, um, about yeah. memories of rugby tournaments as kids. And um, I just don't think there's anything better, like looking back on the memories of um, sat in the mud with your mates and then you get called quickly, right, let's play, play a game. You have a great time, you come off. Um, and the people you meet will be friends for life and they will help you for life if you yeah. need something for work or anything. Um, yeah, a rugby club is just a fantastic thing to be involved in um, and an amazing um, thing to have for life. Excellent. And Louis, your 30 seconds. Yeah, I mean, pretty much the same, really. You know, all of, almost all of my mates now, my best mates, I've played rugby with growing up. Just the memories of it, you're going to look back forever, really, about how good they were. Even if at the time you think, oh, I'm freezing cold, it's tipping it down my brain, I don't want to be here. But a week later, you'll be at a tournament living your best life, pretty much, just enjoying it. Just, yeah, enjoy every session you have, put in as much effort as you can to all the training sessions, all the matches. And yeah, just enjoy it. I've got to pull you up on that, actually, Louis, because I do recall you uh, choosing to play for an invitational side at a sevens tournament at the end of Colts. And then <laughs> yeah, once your invitational side got knocked out, you came got... back and played for your old club and didn't you won the tournament, I believe. Yeah, I always said that I'd play at least one game for my actual club. It's just, you know... Yeah, I got asked... Got asked to do a, a, you got a team of my other mates. That's what it was. We were getting a new kit. We were getting a new <laughs> kit, exactly. So it had to be done for that. But the second we got knocked out because the rest of the players were too drunk, I swapped back to you match. Got a flashy team, pair you know? of shorts from it, and that was it. You were off. Exactly. So, Duncan, exactly. your 30 seconds to the uh, to hall full of minis and juniors. Yeah, I just think, yeah, if, if you can get involved in a rugby club, or you already are, then like Charlotte and Louis said, stick with it. And I don't think you should sort of be hard on yourself. Just go at it organically and just, you know, you'll blossom as a player. And even if you don't reach the highest heights, you can still be involved in a club, which will benefit you socially. And like I say, the links to work, friendship. And when I reflect on my life, it's quite outstanding how many people that are still in my life are involved in the rugby club. And they, yeah, that's what I mean. It's, it's, it, it makes you as a person and I, it, it doesn't matter about it doesn't matter about playing rugby of course it does and that's what you, the key goal is but if you're involved in a rugby club then you're, you're going to be set for life definitely so next week we're back Brilliant. rugby restarts on the 29th so um, obviously I don't know uh, to what extent the three of you have got plans to play or physically able to play in uh, in one or two cases, including myself. But Charlotte, what are you looking forward to most? Um, I've just really missed. I mean, obviously, I'm not a player anymore. Um, but as a spectator, I've just missed seeing people. And there's people that I don't have their like telephone number. I don't have their email address or I've not Zoomed called them. Um, through the lockdown but you just really enjoy seeing and you know if you head down the rugby club on a Saturday you'll stand on the sideline with 
a whole range of people you'll have chats and yeah that's absolutely why I've kind of missed the most is just seeing the people that um are all there for the same reason to enjoy watching the rugby um and yeah socialize really and I think yeah the social side of it for me um has been yeah I've, I've found it really hard and I've really missed it that's great and Louis what about you yeah, I mean, similar, just getting back out there on the pitch, really, throwing the ball around. It's going to be great with people, you know, I enjoy spending time with. And I, I haven't spoken to a lot of them for a, quite a while now. But, yeah, it would just be great to get back out fit? there. No, not at all, but I will we'll be hopefully soon. <laughs> Got a week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's great. Duncan, how about you? Yeah, no, I've, um, I've recently bought a house, which is like literally opposite the rugby club. So, Room if I didn't even want to go over to the club, do you know what I mean? So, um, no, I'm, I'm absolutely gagging to get back into some sort of social and fitness routine. So, yeah, I think having the COVID lockdown and everything that we've all dealt with um, makes you really want to appreciate those things. So, yeah, buzzing to get back over to the club. I want to try and, um, you know, finish the season without having any problems. So uh, yeah, I'm up for it. So up for it. And there's some good sort of people coming back that I've I've sort of shared pictures with over the years. So it's um no, it's exciting. I mean, I'm really excited to get back into it. Definitely. And we're back. Hopefully, I won't get kicked out this time. So I just want to thank the three of you for. You know, sharing all those memories, the great insight, and what I thought was some really useful advice for all our youngsters at the club. Um, I hope they listen to it and take on board what you guys have said because you've all had the most amazing careers at the club and you're still there and still valued. And, and so on that, I want to say thank you and good night from me, Charlotte, Duncan and Louis. You can say goodbye, guys. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Cheers, everyone. Goodbye. See you later.